0: welcome back dude and dudettes to another wild episode of send it mate we're here to talk about all things hunting and outdoors and today we've got something that'll keep your gear running smoother than a dingo's getaway
1: that's right our show is brought to you by high caliber the gun and knife all company that knows how to keep your firearms and blades in tip-top shape
0: high caliber is like the secret sauce for hunters anglers and outdoorsy folk everywhere it's like the magic potion that makes your gun and knives happier than a dog with two tails You know guys, I've been using high calibre oil for a while now, and let me tell you, it's the duck's nuts. My rifle practically sings a lullaby when I take it out hunting.
1: And speaking of lullabies, ever tried sneaking up on a deer with a squeaky gun? It's a prime way to end up with no venison in the freezer. You'll be hungrier than a vegan at a bacon festival.
2: Absolutely. But with high calibre
0: oil, your gun will be quieter than a ninja in moonlight. You'll be stalking your prey with the grace and stealth of a mountain lion. High Calibre doesn't just keep things quiet, it also prevents rust and corrosion, so you won't find your gear looking like it's spent a season at the bottom of a creek.
1: That's right, and for you knife enthusiasts out there, High Calibre has got you covered too. Your trusty blade will slice through anything smoother than butter on a hot biscuit.
2: So folks, don't let your gear become a rusty squeaky mess. Head on over to highcaliber.com.au and grab a bottle of their
0: oil today. And if you use the code SEND IT MATE at checkout, you'll get a special discount. I say again use the code SEND IT MATE for all your oil slick stealthy hunting
1: needs. Thanks to High Calibre, you'll be sending it in style and silence. So, gear
2: up, oil up, and send it. High Calibre, the ultimate oil for the ultimate hunter.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome along once again, it my Podcast. What this up, is Caleb? And I'm Josh.
2: I am Ryan.
1: Welcome. How are you guys going?
2: Oh, How's Ryan. your week been? No, fuck fucking up. brilliant, right? Fucking no, <laughs> brilliant.
1: We're shutting that down straight away, Josh. I've had some highs. I'm just I've had asking some how you are. Just in general. How are you going? How's it going? Yeah, not bad. Not bad at all. You're just gonna give me a generic response.
2: Fucking oath he is. He's got his shirt on.
1: I mean...
0: Well, actually, I've got Caleb's shirt
2: You on. go, <laughs> Oh, dude. Correct. And by
1: shirt, wow. you mean jacket. Because yeah. you are a little bit cold tonight. Yeah, a bit man. cold
2: on the nipples.
0: She's getting nippy.
1: If anyone's nipples are going to feel it, it's yours because they are oversized for a man. They're can quite we dark. start
0: talking about my nipples?
1: Well, how can we possibly stop talking about your nipples when they're on show at all times?
2: Well, they're not today. Cause I'm wearing a it's shirt. like... They're like a painting of the person's face that keeps looking at you no matter where you are. The <laughs> eyes keep following yeah, you. Yeah. It's like, it doesn't matter where I go, I feel like your nips are just eyeballing me. <laughs> yeah. Even through nice. your shirts. Like, you're wearing a shirt. Pretty sexy nips.
1: Not really. I don't think that's an attribute in a man that you look for. Oh,
0: God.
2: Yeah.
1: Just Certainly jealous. not what I look for in a mate. Like <laughs> He's just jealous because he really? got a
2: chest. I, mean, I look for mates with big nips, well, big hearts. I'll give you some <laughs> feedback, actually.
1: I had, I had feedback on your chest recently from a female listener. Oh, yeah. Who said, Is Josh's chest getting to a point where they're starting to look a little bit too big? Like, are they starting to look like breasts?
0: Because uh, I monitor that shit. So I don't lift heavy for chests and I just do, and actually, I sort of do, um, I don't know, a bit of a routine every night doing push-ups just to just get the rip,
1: Which is a yeah. chest
0: exercise. Yeah, uh, let's face it, when you get older, there's a lot of dudes out there that grow man
2: tits.
1: Moobs. Moobs. Oh. Can you call it moobs? Or, I don't know if you can or call man it. tits?
2: You can just tip man tits. Moobs, man boobs. I don't think dudes get offended with that sort of shit. So, Not yeah, really. We're always going to be. It's Moobs is like a thing since the 80s, dude.
1: I mean, I'm an owner of a pair of moobs, not to any, like, big extent, but I don't have clearly defined pecs like you, Joshua, so yeah. kudos to you, my friend. Yeah, that's all right.
2: I just got, like, a, a solid head. Like, my chest hair stops when my pecs stop, so it's like a it's like a curtain that hides all of the, <laughs> the lack of <laughs> all your imperfections. All my imperfections, yeah.
1: <laughs> Anything so, looks better if you shave all the hair off it, though, so. No, yeah. I certainly don't.
2: Not at all. 100% porn star. Uh, <laughs> have you ever seen a chicken with all of its feathers missing? That's what I look like. <laughs> 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 oh, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Hard. All right. So well, today's, today's topic. Right. No,
1: hang on. Wait. We haven't even done POI yet, mate. Just, just fucking. What are you doing? Screen. What are you doing? You're jumping the gun.
2: I'm jumping the gun. Every fucking, every episode, <clears throat> there's someone jumping the fucking gun, which oh, is I know you're excited,
1: unintended. Ryan. I'm so
2: fucking, I'm fucking excited.
1: I know you're excited. Well, we got to do POI, mate. That's what we roll with first. Do it. And this week we're gonna uh, list the top five results we got to our poll. Oh yeah, which we put out last week, which is what are the most ridiculous things you've taken camping slash we have had some <sighs> fucking hilarious responses as well. So um, I'll um, I'll read out some of our favourites. Uh, we'll do five just to keep it short. Uh, thanks to everyone who responded. By the way, it's always Solid amusing effort. to say the least when we put a poll up. Solid
2: effort by the listeners. Thank uh, you.
1: Um, and uh, here we go. All right. So, Cody, Giron, your mum. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty strange.
2: What's the strangest thing you've ever taken care of? <laughs> your mum. Was there a bit of dialogue that followed that,
1: though? Oh, there was a bit. So, I said, I actually went back to him on that. I'm like, <laughs> well, that's pretty funny. All right. Well played, dear sir. And um, I said, was she any good? <laughs> <laughs> and she, he he then followed that up with yeah she she weighed the tent down that was about it. <laughs>
0: Actually, we sort of take a camp mum with us every time we oh, go. F- oh, we do
2: take a camp mum,
0: and that would be Caleb. To make Fuck sure
2: we light the fire in the right spot, to make has sure we got a flat chest, up. though, as we've just covered. Uh, he's got moobs. That's not
1: flat. It's twenty twenty one, dude. dude.
2: <laughs> yeah, he's got a dad bod. He's like. Attractive to 70% of the female population, apparently, oh, according to Cleo. <laughs> according
1: to Cleo. Dude, I could make a living with my cuddles. You could sell your bod. I could, actually. I could be a high-class yeah. cuddle escort.
2: That's a thing, though, isn't <laughs> it? It is it's a fucking like, thing. That's We're, a fucking thing. People I, pay to have people cuddle them.
1: I could make a solid living spooning people.
2: Would you, Would you be Big Spoon or Little Spoon? Big
1: Spoon, of course.
2: I don't mind being Little Spoon every now and then. Really? Yeah. That's I, bizarre. Yeah, it's that hard is. to find someone who can be... The big spoon though. I'm six four. It's like it's like if you get a fucking spatula and put a teaspoon next to it, <laughs> that's that's the equivalent. That's a great analogy. Yeah, man.
1: That's how it goes. I so, feel like the demographic you can spoon you is men or netballers, <laughs> female netballers. Yeah.
0: Would you would you um your clientele <laughs> basis include men? Would you give men oh, a sweet card? like For the right you, price. For the right price.
2: I just imagine it being like rich dudes that are just a super fucking lonely and want someone to give them some affection and you're like the last point of call. So you're the guy who's keeping these guys together.
0: What if you cracked a fat while you're spending a it, dude? It's
1: 2021. Well,
2: do what, yeah. do what everyone does and just sort of – Put your hips forward a little bit. Just, <laughs> just a bit. Groin. It's just, just, just compl- a <laughs> it's, it's complimentary for them. Yeah.
1: I draw the line at reach rounds. Um, Rusty trumpets, anybody? Old mate, Aussie arrow, hunting blowpipe.
2: What the fuck? That's pretty cool, actually. Yeah. But that's not. Yeah. What's a unless he poisons the dart? What oh, is that? A chicken? Do?
0: Kill a chicken. You could yeah. not kill a chicken
2: <laughs> with a blowpipe. We well, need to
0: ask. I, I beg to differ because South Americans kill like monkeys and deer and yeah, shit with, with poison dart. tip darts. Yeah, poison yeah. tips. But yeah. still, it's a, still a dart.
1: Unless you're like got some ridiculous lungs on you, you're not going to get the penetration.
2: Yeah, bro. <laughs> <laughs> you need solid <laughs> pepper, man, If you're going to fuck a chicken, <laughs> your laugh is fucking quite even. <laughs> penetration. <pepper. laughs> it's a good hey. word. It's one.
1: It's my, it's my top deal. three words to use: penetration. <laughs> uh actually
0: I'm going to jump in with that cuz I can semi relate to that. Uh, we took a conibear trap out hunting with us once and it worked. If you remember we were for at, those playing at home.
2: What's oh, a coni- conibear
1: for trap? Fuck's sake, I could have predicted
2: that.
0: Fucking Google it, man. No, um, we need to inform our listeners so it's a body trap so it's basically a or oh, two steel Uh, frames that you sort of – you push them together and they're under tension of hmm, two arms that are like springs sort of thing. And then there's a – like a trip. And,
2: yeah, you just – there's a chain. It's like a square. It's a square square that's held together with It's like an X. Yeah, Yeah. and then you, like, fold it out, similar to the old school, like the claw traps, and then there's a pad? Not not quite, no, because it stands –
0: uh, vertically, not horizontal. Um, oh. so you put it like uh in a race or at the front of a warren, like What's a rabbit race? warren or something like that, like a race. So like a a path that small
2: game have used. So when um, Daddy Rabbit goes out for a jog in the morning because it's a soft J, would, he may get trapped in a conibear trap. Yeah, but we used it. Um,
0: when we went to Vic, one Oh, no, we did that was bloody good, and um, it actually worked. And we had only put it so we were staying in the the quarters there. We were on the balcony and we were actually finished hunting for the night and we were drinking oh, and yeah. having a few beers. Oh, that's right. Yeah, and we were sitting there and we put it near the da- the old dairy shed Yeah. and um, just done our little race and we're all sitting there. Next minute, and we're like, what the fuck was that? And I just straight away, I was like, oh, my God, it worked. We caught crazy. a rabbit. It didn't kill it though. Actually, if you remember, I I released it from the trap and I gave you the rabbit, Caleb. And then I don't know what happened.
1: Okay. Well, there you go. Um, I do want to know, though, what Aussie Arrow was going for with a blowpipe.
2: Yeah, we're going to hit him up find out. We will find out. All
1: right. Uh, Mr. Bradley Bell. Anal beads. Yes.
2: Yes.
1: I mean, is that a ridiculous item to take camping? I
2: don't think it's ridiculous. It depends. If you're out with the missile, you're sleeping under the stars, you're spooning a little bit, you crack one, you run your hand down her hip to find out what she – and then she pushes back. Next minute, you got anal beads.
1: I can see how that would work. That's not the standard progression. I think most people would go with, but okay,
0: d- it's a progression. Yeah, I can't, I can't see how. Progression, you'd nonetheless, want to <laughs> take anal beads. Yeah, push. But I mean, it's is there a dual up. purpose
1: we can be using anal beads for?
0: Um, a grot wire, maybe. I don't know.
2: It depends on what sort of anal beads they are. If they're like the ones that are really small and they get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And bigger I mean, you could use it to plug a hole in a tent or something.
1: Well, didn't we discuss recently (laughs) that- A tent is your proverbial
0: ass.
1: (laughs) We did discuss recently that there is a role that exists in abattoirs of the guy who puts a plug in the sheep's butt. This is true. So maybe that's what you can use anal beads for. Yeah, Yeah. butt plugs. Just so you don't get- Or
2: wouldn't you just take butt plugs though? Because it'd be more
1: practical. All right, well, I'm drawing a long bow here, but Mr. Bradley Bell, anal beads, whatever floats your boat, my friend. What else does he take though? Is that like him just being conservative? He takes nothing. Just a backpack with beads.
2: <laughs> just a backpack. but it's just, not one. It's, it like, one it's, like it's, no whole, it's like a whole backpack full of <laughs> no them. No food, no water. No. <laughs> it's just animal. Just him and his animal be down the bush.
1: There you go, uh, Hayden. I'm, I'm not gonna say. Is Jay that him. like Haydog Hayden? Yeah, Hayden. I'm not gonna read. Shout out handle. to the
2: big man himself.
1: His his handle is Hayden J98. Which hints at his middle name and also his age. Anyway, <laughs> took a bathtub camping, made a fire under it, and filled it with water from a river. That's pretty cool. Hot tub.
2: I've always wanted to do that. Yeah, that's pretty Just cool. Just down the middle of fuck, fuck, fuck nowhere. Yeah. Just, yeah. yeah, plenty
1: intended. See, I'm imagining like a cannibal situation. <laughs> <laughs> He's cooking himself in the
0: bathtub. Putting an apple in his mouth and, <laughs> <laughs> and like making a stew.
1: It'd be pretty hard to regulate the water temperature if you've lit a fire under.
2: No, not really. Nah, nah, you'd be able to do that, that Pretty well. You it'd, just have to yeah. wait for it to heat up.
1: Yeah. You'd get to a point where you're like, fuck, it's getting on here. Nah. If you, put you just it- wouldn't stoke the fire anymore, and you want to keep this fire at a level.
2: Yeah, you'd want to make like it'd be a better coals even across the whole yeah, thing. It'd be fine. And if it gets too hot, just pour some cold water in it. Yeah. That's or true. just
0: take some coals out. It'd work quite well. No, I'm, I'm, and yeah, I actually did something—not something, something similar—but I've used my Ute tray as a spa. I just lined it with a tarp. Oh, it
2: the, old, it. the old plastic in the back yeah. of the Ute, mate. It worked. It's for, brilliant. I've for cut, as long as I need I,
1: it, yeah. I've I've um I've seen that in in action actually. I rocked up your place and you had a party going on, and you had yeah that yeah. Set, that exact setup worked. Fuck yeah,
0: redneck science, mate. Nah, Shout out a, to Hayden. Yeah, man. keep. It going. Keep it real, bro. Keep
1: the dream alive, bro. Mm -hmm. Uh, Lee's Random Adventures. Took a kid's paddle pool down to Salt Creek to use as a makeshift live well on the beach. A live
0: well. That's smart. It's a live well. Then if you get too hot, and let's face it, no one's swimming in Salt Creek, you can just jump in the live well.
1: So if you're going after some big fish, you keep some small ones alive in a tank or a well. Yeah, for bait, yeah. So they're fresher. That's so that's actually, I mean, I wouldn't say that's a ridiculous thing. No, nah, not that's at all. I'd, I'd say that's actually a good idea.
0: Yeah. Yeah, man. And how much space is a, you know, kid's wading pool? Probably pretty small. Well, it's just one
1: of those plastic blob ones, and it's not really going to take up much space. Unless unless he's saying it was ridiculous because something else happened. What are you Was taken? Was there an incident? What? Nah. He's just using it for fish. Well. And swimming.
0: I
2: mean, you could do it a lot the pool yeah i mean
0: especially if you got misses there there's a like bit of hot tub sexy time. jelly
2: wrestling <laughs> mud wrestling what's the weirdest thing you've taken oh uh, this one Camping. time i popped like three pills <laughs> that i found off the floor oh my god <laughs> that's uh, they were actually kangaroo shit <laughs> i wasn't out bush mate.
3: <laughs>
1: no we covered this recently I don't think I'm thinking anything ridiculous. And, Apart from uh, ten uh, pairs of uh, underwear. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, no, it's um, yeah. So there's a there's a five, a list of five.
0: Yeah, that's Thank pretty you. good. Yeah, Thank actually, you. some of those I like. The blow dart the pool. Yeah, and the, yeah, they're and not the really
2: bath. that ridiculous. Some of them were actually pretty practical. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. The only thing about Instagram polls is sometimes you just need to delve deeper into the story. It doesn't really give this you is enough, true. Not enough context. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, yeah, like
0: I feel like Hayden's. Um, or was that just bath. an
1: excuse to
2: tell, for him to tell his story? No,
0: I reckon that was alcohol-induced redneck science. Fuck yeah, it was. Well, one hundred percent Pays off. <laughs> you yeah. no, got dividends. If you're taking
1: yeah. a bath, you've pre-planned that. Unless, yeah, that's true. unless yeah, you're a plumber and you take your plumbing. Well, what uh, sort of a you plan can plan average that, bath like average bath
2: doesn't before. have like legs on it? So.
0: What, no, so uh, Steve and I use them for um, cattle troughs, man, and we just whack like, I don't know, four picket, star pickets in the ground. Yeah, but it's like fibreglass.
2: If you light a fire under that fucker, then
0: you're, – You're obviously not taking a fibreglass. You're taking the old cast iron. Cast iron. Like that. And then that's and fucking heavy, this man. This was probably pre-thought out on a night out on the piss or a night at, at home on the piss a week prior and was like, yeah, I'm going to take a bathtub and you've got yeah, you got an old cast iron bathtub, chuck
1: it in.
2: Yeah.
1: I mean, this is great for the podcast, and we don't have to speculate, we can just ask him. That That's That true. is very true. I, <laughs> <laughs> I, think,
0: I think most 18-year-old, 19, 20-year-old dudes would do something like that. I would have. Yeah,
2: oh, fuck I'd do it now. 100%, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, moving on. So, the topic for this week is meet the family, which uh, opens up a lot of doors, I think. Um, <laughs> Does it? <laughs> I think so. It can be interpreted in many different ways, but um,
1: as we always do,
2: yeah, man, yeah. yeah. Meet the family. We we're at uh, season two, episode thirteen. We are at season 2 episode 13 we we have chewed that through that quite quickly. Oh, that feels. How's
1: it has gone quickly?
2: I just
0: yeah. want to keep going. No breaks. Yeah. Santa doesn't give any breaks. Let's just yeah. keep pumping out podcasts.
2: No, it sounds good. We love it. Fuck, yeah. we're getting some good feedback. It's yeah. really, really good. Anyway, meet the family. Uh, Caleb, you're up first,
1: my friend. Okay, so meet the family. I think we need, at this juncture, we could probably properly meet our Centered Mate family. Um, to the listeners out there, the dynamic you will have listened to between the three of us. And I actually had a conversation with someone today and I started getting into how we all know each other And I took a step back and I'm like, on paper, it's
3: fucked.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And, and um, yeah, like it feels completely normal to the three of us. Yeah. But – It's definitely not normal. It is definitely not normal whatsoever. So what I'm going to do is break it down and then possibly – Bring some reasoning into how it's sustained itself, beyond how fucked it is, and relate that back to hunting.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> um,
2: where are you going to start, though?
1: Well, I'm going to start at where.
2: Is this going to come into the life in general sort of category,
1: though? Well, in a way, but I'll I'll get a bit soppy at the end. So,
2: mm. uh, well, we we need to bring it, it back to yeah. hunting.
0: <laughs> bring it back strong. Bring it back oh, yeah. to the man. Activities. Of course,
1: but yeah. people people want to get to know us a bit better and understand where this dynamics come from and why we all feel so comfortable hanging shit on each other. So, I'm going to go back to our origin story, essentially, <laughs> like right back. All right, so um, back in so, Josh, you've got a, a sibling who's a fair bit older than you. To say yeah, it. he
0: should be like forty-something, forty-six or something
1: like that. So, if we go back, 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 my dad knew your parents. Yes, and my dad actually used to babysit your older sibling. Yep, that's this is how far back we're going. So we're like
2: intergenerational
0: so here. My parents and Caleb's parents met at church.
1: Well, yeah. If we're going to go back that far, my grand, my grandfather was a pastor. Uh your parents attended that church. My dad was sort of just like the black sheep and didn't want to borrow it basically. Um at that point. But nonetheless, he babysat your older sister. Yeah. And then many, 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 many years later.
0: Mum, dad they fucked. <laughs> <laughs>
1: and both of us were born within three months of each other. <laughs>
2: I don't think there's a coincidence here at all.
1: <laughs> so, yes, we have the same birth year, Josh. Um, and then about – when we were both about seven, um, we got to know each other and became really good friends, spent most school holidays at each other's houses for weeks at a time sometimes, and – uh yeah, been best mate since we were seven years of age. And then enter, I'd say, oh, when did I first meet you, Ryan? I'd say we were, I was about 15. Oh, we were young. We were young. So I met you first and then I started going out with your sister. Yeah. Who I've eventually got married to. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so, and then, and I was like, I lost my best
2: friend. Miss <laughs> some girl? You sound
1: down. So, I mean, at that that time in life, you sort of went a bit off the rails a bit. I mean, oh man, I flew off the rails. You didn't move out of the family home. You got kicked out. uh So I didn't really see you. For a while there, but yeah. I was married to your sister, so I saw you at family events and whatever. The ones that I dropped up to. Uh by that stage Josh had joined up in the army. Um so I saw him sort of Christmas time and whatever leave he had. But I uh, you know, obviously maintained our friendship. Um Yeah, so I mean, we're talking well, Josh, we're thirty four. Just about. I've, you are. uh So we've known each other 27 years. Ryan, we're on going on 19 years. Mm. I was married to your sister. No longer married. Now divorced. Yep. Through that somehow we've stayed.
2: <laughs> we've, we've, yeah.
0: Somehow I don't even know how that's even. I'd I'd put a, a put it down to two things. Music and hunting. Really. Yeah. We have a lot of in yeah. common interests.
1: We have common interests, right. We get along so really well. That's so important. Yeah. So then if we delve further into Joshua, he made the choice of going out with my sister, which for a lot of people that's just a no-go zone when you're a mate. Yeah. But you, I, go, you, you could have said the same yeah, thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, uh, yeah, that is no longer the case, but – I mean just to add to how fucked it all is like yeah so now it's just all
2: I just need a date Josh's sister and then we've well, got the trust. good luck
1: <laughs> 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 There's only one who's single <laughs> oh, So I mean on I mean let's let's in all honesty on paper that is just fucked
2: like, Oh yeah we got our, our history. If our history is like fucking bold and the beautiful man, you could write series about it. We should do that.
0: Yeah, yeah, oh, definitely. How's how's this though? Just talking about exes and things. So Stephen, I are mutual friend of all three of us. Stephen, oh, Stephen, exactly, Stephen. Even, we met. Through our ex, both of our ex wives, oh yeah, both of our ex wives left us, and now we've become <laughs> like best mates, and still hang out together because they were sisters. Just, yeah, they're both sisters. Yeah, you like, oh. <laughs> and the worst thing is, is his is um, our ex's other sister was dating another mate who me and Steve also continue to. To, to catch
2: oh, up It's with. a bit – Yeah, yeah it's, it's just testament, I think. Like, yeah. mateship goes a really long way. Exactly. Yeah, man.
1: So I really think – and way. where I want to bring this back to, so now that the listeners understand the Sended Mate family and how ridiculous it is, um, what has transcended the relationships and breakdown of relationships and the crossover of family lines and all this sort of stuff is the fact that we – all have common interests and we can all at the end of the day sit around a campfire and have a laugh and look at things for what they really are and realize there's no point having enemies or being shitty at people when you love doing the same things. You just, you move on, you get over it. Life goes on.
0: I, I have to say, actually the dynamic we have reminds me a lot about the dynamic that you build in the army. Um, but on a little bit better scale, unfortunately, in the Army there's still a lot of, uh, you know, you work with people but, and, it- you know, if they piss you off, you know, you can sort of not become enemies but hold some animosity between each other. But yeah. with our dynamic, it does remind me in the fact that we've all had our Biff's, our barnies and. God, we've had some oh, crackers.
3: Yeah. Oh, yeah, <laughs> we <laughs> have.
0: Semi-automatics, Caleb. Um, <laughs> we've had some crackers, um, but at the end of the day, Caleb's all right. We just sort of sit there and we just have a beer whilst we're out hunting, like at the end of the night or something like that, and, yeah, we can
2: just move
0: on was, and have a laugh. It's that classic
2: league. blokes thing, though, like you have your crack and you afterwards you're good. That's, that's the way it goes like that's that whole I don't know if you it's that story that gets told about the blokes getting to a fight at a club at in a, at a pub they get a, go outside have a fight have a beer afterwards
1: yeah like that's yeah. blokes
2: that's how we operate and especially if you've got history with them like with you guys there's I don't think we've ever actually been legitimately Angry at each other.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'd, like, I'd we've been worked something. up and been
2: very mm. passionate about it and heated conversations and screamed and yelled and what. But then, but there's no like, legitimate anger or animosity. So that's and,
0: and we've all done some funny shit together. Like we've done countless nudie runs together. One yeah. that lasted for. Uh, fucking hours. <laughs> fucking hours, which shouldn't have. Which turned into
2: a D&M conversation trekking around my neighbourhood in the NUD. Yeah, I don't,
0: I don't understand how three blo- blokes could walk so far <laughs> <laughs> naked <laughs> on a main road. That and, was uh, awesome. And I mean, then,
1: again, on paper, this sounds yeah. fucked. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely cooked.
0: Like, you know, you're young, you're dumb, full of piss, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. Caleb and I used to hop the fence at night. So our family... Yeah, all of our families are quite religious, uh, surprisingly. <laughs> and um, so there was definitely curfews and all the rest of that jazz, jazz that comes with, uh, with the whole Christian background. But uh, Caleb and I used to, like, sneak out and climb his back fence, which was an eight-foot fence. Correct. And uh, we did we'd letters. roam the streets. <laughs> At wee hours of the morning, putting just the people- local gang doing the rounds. <laughs> no, we, we, we'd turn off people's water meters. We'd put porn in people's letterboxes. <laughs> yeah, just, just random shit, man. Did, just did, absolutely random didn't, shit. Didn't
1: you? We thought it was funny at the time. Yeah.
2: Didn't you leave yeah, yeah, yeah. the remains of an animal at the one of the pastor's doorstep, and he thought it was the demons <laughs> coming after
0: him? No, the remains of an animal. No,
1: any- no. So we went. We went. We were out fishing one night. And um, some guys were, had some crab nets. We had a crab net on us, and um, they finished up. And they're like, "Oh, do you want the rest of our bait?" And they happened to be using rue in their crab net.
0: Necks, rue necks. Yeah. So,
1: um, like we- were, were,
0: you miss an important detail. They were tying the rue necks on with some baling twine, right? Ah. Yeah. So this this extends to the
1: soy. Yeah, going. yeah. Bright bright orange um, twine we've moved on uh well we're changing locations basically so we've gone from one jetty and we're going to go to another and we sort of bailed on that idea halfway through but we didn't bother taking the bait out of the nets we just chucked the nets with the bait still in in the back of the car and then uh we've headed back towards home and oh shit oh there's still these nets with brew necks in there so i'm like what do we do with them and you know being, I don't know what we were, 17 or whatever. We're just like, oh, we'll just.
0: Back when you could drive a car at 17.
2: Yeah. God. You didn't have to do 200 yeah. hours of
0: fucking well, like night
2: driving.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, we're just like, oh, we'll leave it on the uh, the pastor's doorstep. <laughs> and um, so we have just put this bloody bit of rue with this orange twine around it on his doorstep. And this was a Saturday night and I'm sitting in church on Sunday morning. And he's just—he's going, oh, yeah. There was a bizarre attack on me yeah. <laughs> and my family—a uh, demonic attack. <laughs> and I'm
2: sitting, and all you did was drop some bait off at his house. Yeah, well, I'm
1: just, yeah. There was this this bloody rue on my doorstep. I don't know what it means. Um, but well, I'm
0: just—you didn't know it was rue. You just said bloody meat. Oh, with, and blood. I remember, I remember when you were telling me because I didn't go to church that Sunday. But you were telling me like a week later. Um, and you mentioned how the past was like, yeah, there was twine around it symbolising some some demonic
1: thing, blah, blah, blah. Yeah.
0: I'm just sitting there going, what, what smack is this dude smoking he, for? he
1: read way too much into that. And meanwhile, I'm just sitting in my seat pissing myself, and the guy next to me is just like, it was you, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so, I mean,
0: What you do when you're young. Yeah, we, we, yeah.
1: we thought things were, yeah. like that were funny. I don't know why, but.
0: We used to do scavenger hunts. I got to I got to say this story. Like one night, Christmas time, one of our favorite times of the year to do scavenger hunts. Anyway, we pulled up. Um, this was to an ex girlfriend's house, actually, and uh, so they had Christmas lights. Yeah. And I've run here, and I went to grab some lights, and someone's turned the front porch light on. So, so just, run-
2: just no, let's backtrack. Explain what our definition of a scavenger hunt is.
0: Oh, so it's like. Everyone knows, like, everyone when they first get their licence and, you know, you're out with your mates, you'll drive around and, like, nick people's garden You'd shit. Or- That's what a scavenger hunt yeah, yeah. is. Yeah, yeah, you get yeah. given a list of things yeah. to get. You, got you to get points it. for each yeah. one.
1: Yeah. Um, Street signs and shit.
0: Anyway, one of them was Christmas lights. So I, I grab these Christmas lights and the front porch is turned on and I'm gone. fuck, 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 run straight back into the car because her dad was a pretty mean-spirited fella. Anyway, run into the car. Even on Christmas? <laughs> close the door. On the lights, and Kayla's driven off, and it's ripped.
2: <laughs> I thought it would snap. No, no, it's just like <laughs> taking all the lights. That's like that's the Grinch movie shit, right there, man. Wait, <laughs> I felt bad actually that that time. So you, you literally used a car to tear down your ex's dad's. Christmas, yeah, such a rock. Christmas lights yeah, yeah. Right for <laughs> Christmas <lots> up. <laughs> oh fuck, that's
1: excellent. Yeah, oh, mate, stupid stuff like that. <laughs> oh. No, it was oh. fun.
0: It was too- hopefully, hopefully, there's no like statutory limitations on the yeah. dick.
1: <laughs> I don't know, man, but yeah, no, good times. So we've we've been around each other quite a while, and we've enjoyed each other's company out hunting and um, all our outdoor pursuits. I think we're all pretty well aligned on and. And, you know, it doesn't matter what life throws at you in all our different situations or how shit life gets or whatever, we can still, like, all get away and and go out and and go hunting and escape all that together and just, I don't know, just, yeah.
0: It's not just hunting, it's fishing and, you know, like, the older we get, I don't know about you guys, but uh, the older we get, the more I want to be young at heart again and do, um, you know – Random shit and and get out there and yeah, I think bit, it's an experience, you know. man.
2: Like I'm I'm sort of ex- feeling the same. Like the older I get, I want to experience more outside of the daily grind and that and that sort of stereotype yeah, box you can, that you get put in. And, and
0: you can and, get lost in that box, man. And, yeah. and, and like screw closing <laughs> that lid on that box. You get lost in so many it. boxes. <laughs> 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 some KFC boxes. Oy. Yeah, lick, finger licking lick, lick, yeah. goodness. There you go. So, to the <laughs>
1: listeners out there, I hope you've uh, got some f- better understanding into our send it mate family and why we feel so comfortable hanging the shit on each other that we do.
2: But we also share that sense of humour.
1: Yeah, that's so true.
2: If you if someone hangs shit on and someone else, there's the third person there just to be like, ah, suck shit. And we're like, oh, okay,
0: yeah. yeah. Well, we talk some shit. But you yeah, know it's what, good. And it's good.
1: Yes, we we admit we talk some absolute smack, but... It's fucking brilliant. It's what yeah, it is. It works. The dynamic works between the three of us, so... Yeah. No, that's good. There that's you go. Good.
2: Well, then...
0: I've got a quick backtrack. Oh, here we so go. So, who's what? So... <laughs> who's what? Like who's who's what? what? No, no. So, Caleb... The candle like, stick oh, in the library. When I, like, talk about Caleb, I'm like, yeah, he's the real... Sensible one. That's oh yeah, sort of, what what dynamic? You know, what do what are they bring right to the arc arc? dynamic? And, yeah. and you know, he's just like, yep, yeah, you know, gotta be gotta be straighty one eighty, you know, like camp mum. Have yeah. you eaten your meal today? You've got to eat, son. <laughs> Caleb's definitely the cat
2: like the the reasonably responsible. out of the all of us he's the most responsible I wouldn't use the word responsible because the, like the level that yeah, that, that word indicates yeah. it's it references responsibility that's not it there's like we I, I, I actually had this conversation with one of my, my other friends recently they're like you know how like you've got the one person in the group that's the responsible one that reels everyone in I'm like no I don't have one of those yeah I no. feel
0: I feel like Caleb's like the one that is the, the, the- most fitting for that <laughs> but it's still quite loose but yeah yeah, I pick my just, moments. Yeah, you he's, do. He's, he's that. You know how you got the the devil and the angel on your shoulders. <laughs> he's the angel that's like. Well, he's he's the only one on
1: that's on, got man? the angel, man.
2: <laughs> but <laughs> but of us.
0: every now and then the devil will be talking and he'll, and he'll be like, oh, "That's a good idea. We yeah,
2: should yeah, do that." Right? <laughs> yeah, then I'm all in. I'll just I'm just yeah, all that's in. That's it. You're an all in kind of guy. Yeah,
1: for sure. I'm sensible ninety percent of the time, yeah. but if Josh, I go wrong, I go well wrong.
2: Josh, you're like you're the guy that's like just. That's it. This is this is the way it is. This is the way it is, man. Yeah, this is the way that it yeah. fucking is. Yeah. 100%. Just do it. Just do it. <laughs> you like just fucking get it done. Do it.
0: This brings me to you actually. You're the type of guy that will push your brother off a ladder.
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> for shits and giggles. We'd we'll do backflips off that's the true. fucking garden shed into chairs.
0: And I watched you close line that ladder whilst your brother was on the
2: yeah, it was top funny though, wasn't it?
1: <laughs> whilst he was eating potato bag directly from the tray, yeah. in the yeah. oven tray. Yeah, man. That's the kind of relationship I have.
2: Oh, dude, that's quite <laughs> funny.
1: People ask me and I'm just like, yeah, Josh is the risk taker. I'm just. They don't worthless. always work out, but at least he's prepared to take yeah. a risk. Yeah, that's true. Ryan's like... The impulse buyer Yeah <laughs>
3: That's right And
1: I try and think about things a bit more.
3: <laughs>
2: Oh dear Fucking hell Well there you go Cool That's quite That's That was a very That's that's a No it was a pretty man. literal
1: interpretation Of yeah. Meet the Family But I'm like Well I thought of it today When someone asked me And I'm like Well it's actually pretty fucked And people would be interested in Yeah How we, how we came together And now we just Do a heap of outdoor shit together yeah, it's fucking excellent. And record a podcast. Yeah, that's
2: it. Now I uh, I'm next on the list, so you're not far f- actually from the take that I I'm going down on this one. So meet
1: Ooh. the family. So it was more
2: of a uh, a bit more personal level. Okay. Um, I thought we'd dive into, which we've touched on briefly before, but not in any depth, um, our own personal family history and hunting and outdoors and how we have come to be exposed to the great outdoors and camping and hunting and things that are associated with that. Mm-hmm. So I thought I'd start with myself, um, just so that the listeners do get a better idea of what our backgrounds are in, in these areas. So I'm, I'm the kid... That spent every single school holidays in the dirt, in some fucking desert, mountain, woods, everywhere. My, I, I have to take my hat off to my old man, because he would go out of his way to take. Like the Flinders Ranges was where that? was at. We would go there every Easter. We'd anytime we can get away, and we would have those those shitty old fucking box tent things that would take four fucking hours to set up. <laughs> and we had two of them. Yeah, from the 70s. From the fucking 70s. <laughs> and they'd leak. And like, like my like my family didn't come from a very well-off background whatsoever. So my dad just made do with what we got. And he was a fucking champion for it. So I never had like the, the shiny things or anything like that. My camping experience growing up was literally like a fire in a tent. Sleep on the ground. You make it work. And I thought – at the time, I didn't think anything of it, and then you get old. You're like, "Oh, this is fucking shit," but now that I am older, I'm very much appreciative of that mm. and everything that my dad put in to teach me what I know. Like, I know how to. St- I knew how to start fires. I knew how to uh, pick a good campsite. I knew how to set up a campsite from the age of eight. So- I feel
0: like most little boys just work out how to create fire.
2: Yeah, but they do it with a fucking Yeah, I'm talking about like actually building a proper campfire. Most yeah. most dudes that are that are eight find a fucking cigarette lighter and go, Oh the flame, what can I do with this? Where can I put it? Where will it go? Oh it's got a life of its own. I try and light me fire. Oh, that's fucking excellent actually. <laughs> I when I was a kid, I made sparkler bombs. Oh the fuck, I think I might have been eight or nine. And I was I wasn't a bright spark, right? Digressing a little here. I made sparkler bombs. And I hid him behind my bedroom door so that when my parents opened the door, it'd cover him up. And then this one time, and they were there for like six months because I made them and just forgot about them. And I had a, like a cigarette lighter with them. And this one time, my old man comes in, and, and he like he's coming to have a chat, but it was a serious chat. So he's closed the door. <laughs> It's fucking it's the birds and the bees chat. Oh, dude, I kind of <laughs> know. I was a was right shit when I was a kid. I was a fucking shit. So he's coming. He's going to have the old serious chat. And close the door. And there is fucking lines of sparkler bombs and sparklers and lighters and just flammable shit. And man, I got the whooping of a lifetime after that. Really? Yeah, man.
0: So that's quite funny. So I used to use. We probably shouldn't be talking about this, but um, soda stream canisters in mine. Yeah, and. um I lit my dad's top paddock on fire when <laughs> I was about fourteen and it stopped about him like the fire stopped about a meter from my neighbour's house, mate.
2: Shit. Do you yeah. old man do and
0: that. I did not get in trouble. And we're sitting there at dinner, so me and my mate, we were absolutely fucking like smoke inhalation, just wrecked from fighting this fire. And we've sat down at the table and dad's like, Oh, I hope you learnt your lesson. And I'm like, Yeah, <laughs> and then he's looked at me and he goes, "Tomorrow I'll teach you how to mess with chlorine and break brake fluid." So what? It's like forty degrees tomorrow, mate. I think I've had me fucking. Yeah, it was for this fire <laughs> season.
2: You did a backburn for him and you controlled it. He's <laughs> yeah. like, "Fuck yeah,
0: all
1: right, done." <laughs> that's that's a surprising end result from Pointer. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He would have lost yeah, his man. fucking. I money. honestly
0: thought I was gonna get like absolutely the shit beaten out of me. I thought I was going to get belted, man. And nah, nah, not at all. And i got a feeling my mum had a word to dad and was like, look, because we, me and my mate were absolutely screwed, man. I'm talking about, like, eyes hanging out of our head, headaches, like dehydrated from fighting this fire, um, which was our own fault. What were you, you know, fighting I, the fire with, like uh, brush sticks <laughs> or curtains? Garden hose. Curtains, <laughs> curtains <laughs> that were wet. You were just doing the old well, the, the old bush beating. <laughs> yeah, curtains. Dad ran up with um, like a furry cart full of water and curtains. Sorry, I'm still getting
1: past the term "wet curtains."
0: <laughs> Mate, they were well wet. <laughs> Self lubricated. Oh jeez. Yeah, um,
1: I was fighting fire with some moist labia. Some wet- <laughs> <laughs>
0: But yeah, and I've got a feeling mum mum had a word to him and said, "Oh look, I think I think they've had enough." He's learned his lesson. Yeah. Um, oh, if
2: you freaked out and, and reacted enough to it, and yeah, dude,
0: yeah, actually, actually I didn't mess around with um, anything after that, like like making like sparkle bombs and stuff like that. Fuck never, I didn't ever.
2: Eh? I nearly burnt down my parents' backyard. Similar thing, mm. but it was like it was dry season, and there was like a bit of a patch of scrub out the back. I nearly burned that down. Um, Like went crazy. Um, Luckily enough, there was a hose. Like so, they had two hoses. I think it was in about an acre. It was in just like just before the foothills. So there was like a a slopey backyard, and there was two hoses. There was one up by the house, and there was one that was halfway down. And then right at the back, it was all like it was scrub. So I used to play in there because it was fucking awesome. We made like forts and shit, and then. Uh I was playing with fire and then set fire behind the big there's a big shed that like covered everything from the wind the house, so you can't see what's going on behind it. so I made a big fire there, and it got real fucking big <laughs> and then I ran up and I've grabbed the hose, and the hose has gone, and like the last hundred mil of it has poked around the shed, so i've like cranked the fucker up. And i will squirted it down, <laughs> squirt it down the fire before I knew what was going. On. And to this day, no one in my fucking house knows yeah. that I lit a fire out the back because yeah. you can't see it. That's that's the
0: best kind of getting away. with.
1: Yeah, really. man. Well, just yeah. to round this out, then, when yeah. I made my sparkler bombs, I'd wet the lawn down all around.
3: <laughs> yeah,
2: you would fucking camp, <laughs> up.
1: Get my Fuck two bottle, hell. get my two coke bottle caps, scrape my sparklers down, stick one in the top, light it. There you go. Delicious. No fires for Safety, such a safety camp first. Mom. Safety never takes yeah. a holiday. I just think yeah. that next step. You
0: probably wore eye protection as well, didn't you? Do you know what?
1: I, I don't I don't apologize <laughs> for my camp mum nature. Eye protection and
2: high views. I learned
1: from a very early age to just not get caught for the shit I did. And plan out escape routes, plan out how to not get in trouble. Dude, so- I, I was
2: definitely not that kid. I'm the guy that calls his dad at two o'clock in the morning because my utes bottomed out on the hill in the local soccer club because I was doing doughies in it. And, <laughs> and then I forgot to go diagonally.
1: <laughs> I know which one you're talking about. Uh, fuck, wow. Were you there? No, I wasn't there, but I know. No, it was, I, it was my brother. Yeah, I know which one you're talking about. I'm surprised you could get bogged there, to be honest.
2: No, no. I did, no my car was literally like, I drove up the hill. So for those playing at home, all the soccer fields around us have a hill around to stop people from driving on it, but a four-wheel drive that wasn't quite four-wheel drive. (laughs) (laughs) And then I bottomed out, like i would come up to the crest of the hill, bottomed out, and the car was like rocking like a fucking seesaw. You idiot. And I had to call my dad to to tow us out at two o'clock in the morning. And um, yeah, I I actually didn't get in trouble for that. My dad had a laugh. He's like, "Uh, him, my brother, and my brother's, me, my brother, and my brother's mate, and we just fanged doughies for like half an hour just tearing up this pitch and we're like oh yeah well, our job done, job a, done. And then, sorry
1: but what a cunt yeah oh yeah i told you i was right shit man
0: look man i I've gotta I've got admit they're the like if my if i had a son and and he did that i'd be like high-fiving him actually oh this, fuck is, yeah. this is probably why i wouldn't make a good dad because i would be like yeah you know what you're making memories ma <laughs> <laughs>
3: but,
0: yeah. well that's
2: right now i've got the story to tell but dad's like got driving home it's like dead silence and dad's like yeah we probably won't tell your mum about this yeah yeah Yeah, probably
0: not a good idea
2: so what what's what are your how did you guys come to being where you are with your love for outdoors and nature Uh,
1: oh look well my my old man would have instilled that in me i guess so when he was a young fella um he was in boy scouts so he spent a fair bit of time outdoors and he used to just Go, go walk about. Essentially, what? like just <laughs> like, take off. Uh, he's he's not indigenous uh, Australian at all. But yeah, um, the, the closest thing to what he used to do was just go walk about. He just like grab a pack and go bush, basically, and disappear. Um, just because he loved being out in nature, and he had all the skills to to exist out in the bush, I guess. That so awesome. Um, So, I mean, when I was a kid, we used to go camping a fair bit um, and being in South Australia as we are, one of the prime spots is the Flinders. So spent a bit of time in those shitty canvas tents that we got to put all the poles together uh, myself. Um, So I guess that's where I I developed a love uh, for the outdoors. Dad would always take us fishing. Uh, Josh came along once we got to know each other as well. It was just one of those things that developed from there. Like it was – fishing especially is just good to get away from life and just sit there with your thoughts and think about stuff. So, um, you know, from an early age I saw that as a pretty cool thing to do um, and just a it's sort of an escapism as well um, from the daily grind I guess. Yeah. That's why being out in nature is so great. You just – it's so far removed from being in an office or being at school or whatever, depending on what age you are. Yeah. Um, so that's where I sort of developed a love for it. And then I didn't actually go hunting until I was probably about 18, 19 um, with Josh and I'd sort of – he'd been doing a lot longer than me because he came up well, – as he would probably say in a second, he came up through Army Cadets, so he was around guns a lot more than I was. My parents weren't so keen, even though my dad came up um, – around guns and had had, an air rifle and a twenty two when we used to live up in the hills and he'd pop, um, you know, vermin, whatever, around the place. Um, But, yeah, my mum wasn't so keen around it, so um, I was never really allowed to to muck around with guns so much and then, you know, 18, do what you want sort of thing and that's when I sort of went along with Josh the first time. And the very first time I ever went hunting – was spotlighting for uh, Ruse Rabbits Foxes on a place. And um, I was hooked first time I did it.
2: Yeah, I had a similar experience actually. Well, my, my old man uh, – shout out to Brenton, by the way. I don't know if he listens or not. He, he lives out in the middle of butt. Fuck no. I don't even know if he's got internet. But, but um, my dad was Army Connects, and we've got Army history all, all through um, our family actually – uh, but he sold all of his guns to buy my mum a wedding ring, which yeah,
0: that's more common than what you think. Yeah, dudes well, selling their hobby to buy a,
2: a ring. I mean, it worked out well for him, didn't it? But um, I, don't know. I, I was a result of that. So <laughs> what we, we'll fuck? cut we'll cut that out. <laughs>
1: oh, no, they were married for
2: what thirty years. They were married for a long stretch. No, they, they they're actually quite quite well um, now. But no, nah, he, um, he he'd tell me stories because my dad's a you know he, he loved his motorbikes, so he would he would have a thirty a thirty strapped to his back, not in a case, just hung slung over his shoulder, and he'd scoot down on his his motorbike up the freeway, just going for a hunt.
0: Back in the days when you could walk down Highway carrying a rifle, yeah. and no one would be like,
2: oh. Yes. Not in our lifetime, clearly. No, definitely not. Although it was back when mo- like, most people understood what a rifle was yeah. because the wars were recent enough
1: that – Well, yeah, like preceding that, there. Were, yeah. I mean, there was Vietnam, there was World War Two, So people, you know – People had a great – People that in their lifetime had been exposed to people walking the streets. In Australia now, when was the last time – well that that's that's happened. it I
2: mean the modern the modern the conversation back then would have been around war I'm talking about like post war because like, you have these people that come back that have been around guns guns don't mean nothing to them, and then they bring that mentality back to the home mm. and all the other bullshit that came with it, but that would At a least- majority of the households were exposed to weaponry and they had they had an understanding that it was a tool and it was it was mm. I think now.
1: It's normalised in their own it's
2: mind. Normalized. Hunting was yeah, a, lot, it's, a lot
0: more it's, common it's, back then as well. Yeah, that's true. Um, Absolutely. For it's true. Hunting for food. Yeah.
2: Um, Which, way more common. And then you've just got this massive disconnect. and de- mm. just, these, Yeah, the last 30, over- 40 years is just uh,
0: definitely disconnected. Um, we just, I don't know, branched off of it. It's because life's gotten easier. We've got uh, easier access to food, you know, uh, abundance of it as well everything like yeah, that. Yeah,
2: that's so, true. You know, I, mean, we, we, I mean, I don't want to dive down that rabbit hole too much. but um, I've got mean, some mates in the Army, man, that have left
0: and they're completely against firearms, completely against Is them. that
2: because of their experiences?
0: Oh, I don't actually know, man. Um,
1: or is it just I had a, an a argument trigger of
0: memory, do you think? Or? Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know. I had an argument with a mate and it, was, it had nothing to do with the war or anything like that. Um, it was just to do about firearm ownership, and then I just turned around and said, "Mate, do you realise that your profession for five six years, you were carrying a rifle? Like I don't understand. Mm. Like, did you know? Like, yeah. Anyway,
1: it's bizarre. I'd say that's some people's coping mechanisms, just to remove themselves." As far as possible from anything that could trigger memories, or they just don't want to yeah, associate. Yeah,
0: and that, that's understandable. But at the end of the day, it's a tool. It's like a hammer. It's like a screwdriver. It's like a
2: cordless drill. It's like a nail. It's a tool. Yeah, same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So what about you, you, Josh? What's uh, what? What was it that got? What's the earliest memory that you have of being outdoors, like hunting nature, for all drive, whatever?
1: I'm glad you did this, Ryan. Actually, because we do ask all our guests. Guests.
2: Mm. Guests. We do, yeah. Yeah, we do. This is like the episode where the listeners get to know a little bit more about us, I think.
1: Meet the family, if you will. Absolutely.
0: Yeah, look, uh, (laughs) um, my dad uh, has shot all his life. Um, His father was a firearm owner, um, ex-military. My mum's father was ex-military. They were just a part and parcel of everyday life, but... It really didn't come into play for me, so when I was young, when I was about six, my dad didn't really, and, and I didn't have uh, really a relationship, and at about six years old, like, he pretty much kept it quiet from me, like, shooting.
1: He was adopted.
0: Um,
3: <laughs>
0: anyway, <laughs> at six years old, he he based, I was at a mate's house, actually, or one of dad's mate's house, and they um, ripped out the air rifle and had a bit of a, I don't know, a bit of a session shooting some targets, and... Dad was like, oh, I'd jump behind it, have a go, um, and I just smashed it. Dad's like, oh, you got a bit of natural talent there, mate. I'm like, yeah, cool, and I really enjoyed it. Anyway, for about a, about a month after, I just spoke, like whenever Dad spoke to me, we spoke about shooting the air rifle, um, and he goes, all right, I'll get one. Now, I grew up very poor. My parents... Never went on holidays. Never went like we had very very little. And dad actually went out and bought an old Telly, one seven seven air rifle, and he brought it home. I think it cost him like fifty bucks or something like that back then. That was a fair bit of money, especially to our family. And he just looked at me and he goes, "Right, son, you mess up once, it's gone. Have at it." And I was like,
2: "Shit, yeah." (laughs) Yeah.
0: That is I'm what ready. he sounded like. Yeah.
1: And, said, yeah, um, let's do that. Hey, Mr. Krusty, your burgers are ready. You
0: know, <laughs> I, I would pretty much use it and I shot with it every single day. I maintained it. I was, you know, I made sure that I was complete and utterly safe with it. I used to shoot birds, like minor birds and things like that all the time. Um, and it was it was great. Uh, I enjoyed every second of it. Um, anyway, that sort of, that's where Dad left me for about another six years. Um, and we really sort of dad went back to work, and we didn't really talk, and I just used a little air rifle, and uh, you know. Anyway, about six years later, um, I actually got really sick of not going on holidays. Uh, my sister's got to go to China. I don't know how they afford it, but mum and dad were like, "Oh, the girls need to go on, you know, a holiday." And like that. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I experienced
2: that. Um, my parents took the younger siblings. To Queensland. By the way, Dad and Mum, if you ever listen to this, I'm still fucking sour (laughs) about that. Yeah, I'm still waiting for my trip. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah, but I got sort of real jack of it, and so I went and got a job uh, at, like, 12. And anyway, worked a job. i was 12 years old, I had a job. Full-time job. Saved my money, and Dad had a few rifles already, um, and some of them were his, his father's. Uh, anyway I saved up my money And walked up to my dad And said Dad One I want to join the cadets Which I couldn't do till I was 13 And two I want to go hunting And dad's like Okay um, You pay for it We can go So What was your job? I saved my money So at the start actually I worked at Macca's um, Mickey D's Yeah good old Mickey D's And lasted about well, I don't know Four weeks And was like Fuck this shit <laughs> So I went actually after that, got a job uh, at the Roth the local rifle range, and to substitute that job, I worked at um, Red Rooster, Red Rooter. Yeah, and
2: yeah. this is this is after school, is it? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, man. So I didn't really like at thirteen <laughs> years old. I was sort of in and out of school, man, like working, and I ended up actually working a fair bit in the York Peninsula as a farmhand and things throughout my young teenage life. Um, and I just would save all my money to go hunting. Every ounce of my money went to, b- like, buying rifles and hunting. Um, anyway, so Dad and I didn't really talk much. Uh, me saying to him that I wanted to join the cadets, he was, like, all for that. Um but I, he took me down to the, the local unit and it, I couldn't actually join till I was 13. So it sort of reverted back to hunting um, and we, I paid for the first time to go out um, and Dad took us out. It was just hunting roos, rabbits, foxes um, and I loved it. And it just sort of it brewed this relationship between me and my father, like hunting. Um, like he would actually teach me how to hunt. You know when you're working on your car or your dad's working on his car, he's like doing a a service and he's like, yeah, I'll teach you. And then you're just standing there passing him fucking spanners and he's not saying anything or teaching anything. Yeah. It was the opposite. (laughs) You're just
2: a fucking Yeah, you're just a lucky.
0: Yeah, It was the opposite. He actually engaged with me when I was shooting, told me what not to do, what I was doing wrong and sort of just – and because of that, like I listened and I loved it, and because we started building this rapport and this relationship, so I just sort of, I just naturally fell into it, man. Um, uh, and our relationship grew, and that's what essentially got me down the rabbit
2: hole, man. Yeah, but you're you're super close to your dad now. Yeah, man. Yeah, I can't remember yeah. a time when you weren't really.
1: Well, yeah, <clears throat> I'm old enough to remember. I'm, I'm old enough. I've been around long enough to remember. Yeah. Back in the early days, and so I uh, would between six and twelve was those six years you said you didn't really have that yeah. relationship since that initial connection. And I was around then, and I remember that. Like,
2: yeah, so um, I was
1: like they didn't interact much; they didn't have that much in common. And you know, Josh got in trouble. He was in the bathroom getting a belting, and uh, I think because his sisters were older, there were the, all the attention was on them, and it, Josh was just the young one who. Yeah, He was the baby of the family. so
0: Yeah, my dad's philosophy, actually, which he's apologised for when I was a kid, he was like, oh, children should be seen and not heard. And that was, that was how life was at that, the start. That's, yeah, that's
2: how it was for a lot of people,
0: man. Yeah, yeah definitely. But, it, like, I had the opportunity to have a relationship with my father through hunting and shooting. And, uh, like, because I didn't get that in my early years – it was just like you know when you're like I don't know it just is like unicorns and beer and skittles and fucking As a kid that yeah. would be
2: that would be completely yeah, well, man. it'd be life changing because you've yeah. gone from having nothing with him Yeah, to, and you're
0: chasing your dad's approval yeah for your for your whole entire childhood like I do that and suddenly now. you're it. I yeah. mean,
1: maybe we've uncovered a key in life. Like hunting is such a primal basic thing that when you do it and you're around and you teach it to other people that you do form such a deep connection maybe this is why our relationship with each other has transcended all the on paper fuckness of it
2: yeah that's true true. i mean i i would say that the like not to cut women out of the sport or anything like that but it would it as a man going hunting, and this may be falling to stereotypes and all that sort of bullshit, but just, just speaking from the heart here, as a man going hunting, it definitely makes me feel more in touch with my masculine side. Fuck where yeah. Fuck it's, yeah. It's that, it is that instinct and that, that ancestral shit that you're you deep in.
1: You just nat, it feels natural. Like yeah. You oh, don't have to try. It feels yeah. like the most fucking manly shit you can do.
0: Yeah, and, it, and you don't it, have to it, try. It's like you just know. It's, it feels it's like, like it's where you're supposed to be. That's it's, what it feels like. It's animalistic. Mm. Yeah. Like you just you just you're like fuck. I know. You yeah, hundred percent. The basic principles. You know, you just like
2: yeah. fuck. I even oh, fuck. I remember being out like chasing animals without a gun, like just as a younger lad, and being like, "Well, this is. It just feels like that's that's what you're supposed to be doing." Yeah. You know, that, and I think that's where a lot of the hunters, hunt, like if you just—that's dis, the disconnect that you were talking about before, Kayla, where you you step outside of that, that box of bullshit, which is all of this extraction from nature and extraction from the cycle of life that is mm. what nature is uh, that we live in today as humans, and then going back into that that uh, it's that feeling that you're—it's like a feeling at home for me personally. Like I, I if I could. I would have a family out in the sticks, living just, just living, uh, which isn't ideal because you, there's there's a we've had well, the kids many still conversations. Still need to about have this.
0: social life yeah yeah interaction. oh
2: yeah, but that that's part of me. There's another part of me You're that's starting
0: that, to get into some cultish shit. Yeah, it is, man. We should start a cult, dude. Let's just buy a lot, start a cult,
2: dig dig a patch. My name's Jeebus yeah no but that's I mean that's that's the other thing. Like, there's another side of me that's that has that drive and that ambition and wants to go out and and absolutely kill it in the society so mm. you know that's I just it's that that balance between the two that I think that I get yeah, balance yeah exactly yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah and the thing that I really dislike is how people are so dismissive of it without trying it because and I actually think people are scared because it I think part of them go like almost thinks if they try it they'll be hooked and then they'll be like put
2: in this stereotype like category and I think I think a lot of it's just sheep. It's fucking people just wanting to be part of a crowd. Really. Yeah. If you look at the, the personalities and the dynamic of people that get behind it, there's always a leader that, and they're the people that yeah. just want people to follow them and be the leader. Yeah. And they usually they're not they're not alpha males. They're not. They're guys that just need people to follow them to make them feel good. I have mm-hmm. never met a dude who was against hunting that was open, honest and honest to themselves about the way that they feel about anything. Cause as soon as you question them, anything, anyone, and this is speaking like obviously anecdotal, there may well be guys that are, but my personal experience is the dudes that have challenged me on hunting. And this isn't me pushing it or anything, just mentioning it are the guys that are so uncomfortable with themselves yeah. That they can't handle the fact that anyone else would share any similarity with the part of them that they're uncomfortable with. Yeah. So I
0: just – And that's just – that comes with age, man. Eventually they'll yeah, – It does, yeah. And they're
2: they all are. young guys, man. They're all young dudes. like. And then then you got the older dudes that are – like I've mentioned before, like I've had vegans cook bacon <laughs> for me. Yeah. Like yeah. there's, there's – there's a vast range of people. We shouldn't lump them all into the same category. That, pull, that these these
1: uh, are people I don't even engage in. Like I sat at a dinner with 14 people the other night, and the guy who sparked a debate at the table with everyone and started telling everyone else basically what they should be thinking, and and started going into animals' thoughts and feelings and plants' yeah. thoughts and feelings. And my my sister was looking at me like, "How have you not said anything?" <laughs> and then and then my brother's like, "Oh, yeah, he's a hunter." And I'm just like, I okay. I don't fucking even. So I would have just
0: played him a video of a lion killing like a zebra and been no. like, yeah. They were <clears> feeling- <throat> like- so
1: going, Caleb, how are you not saying anything? How are you so calm? I'm like, I just don't engage with fuckwits. Like I'm not even yeah. going to fucking acknowledge that he's having an argument. I'll just let him have his moment in the sun, arguing with everyone at the table. I can't even be bothered with this shit.
2: It's just self-righteousness, I think. That's what it is. Like, they just Get up and
0: piss on his chair leg next time. and Be like,
2: oh, no violence, mate. Yeah. <laughs> fucking. Well, that's that's the trouble there. They're not against violence. They're just against people that don't it's agree fun- with them.
0: It's funny you mention that. I went to a vegan cafe today and I didn't know I was vegan. Dude, there are some and fucking solid their vegan cafes, looks, man. Look, some of their food is fucking delightful. Is There's this awesome. like pate thing they do that's amazing. But I asked for a bacon and they're like, oh, we're vegan. And I'm like, just like minutes prior, I ordered like toast with smash dab and egg. And just as she said that, I was like, I had to stop myself because I was going to be like, Do you know what an egg is?
2: Yeah, you're she not a vegan. Period. <laughs>
3: it's a fucking animal product,
0: mate. Because, <laughs> like, just after I asked for bacon, they're like, Oh, we're strictly vegan here. I'm like, Oh,
2: so hang we on, we You egg? went
1: to a veget? Uh, uh, this is a fucking egg. was that strictly vegan? Oh,
2: no. Oh, no, you're talking about vegetarian. No, no, they said vegan. Quite no,
0: loud a vegetarian doesn't eat eggs. Oh,
2: a vegan, does a vegan eat eggs? No, no
0: vegan is like nothing, no animal products, like no cheese, no, nah, nothing. Fuck not eating cheese, man. Oh, yeah, geez, I, geez I mean, I, I went time.
1: to work lunch the other day and there's a woman at work who's vegan and she ordered like a a pumpkin and halloumi salad, which was the vegan option.
2: Halloumi is no, so sorry, fucking what, good.
1: No, she ordered the pumpkin salad and it came out with – Halloumi on top. That was the only vegan option. She's like, "Well, this isn't vegan." And
2: was, they oh, they remade amazing.
1: the whole fucking salad instead of just taking the fucking yeah, halloumi already, off the it's top. It's would have been contaminated though. Well, uh, anyway, but, but, dude, it's just too halloumi. Difficult.
2: Halloumi is the bees. I've started eating halloumi instead of bacon.
1: Instead of what?
2: Instead of bacon, halloumi the, is the tits, man. It's fucking awesome. Right, if you add, if
0: you know add what, bacon the trick, to the halloumi.
2: Oh, I don't eat it with <laughs> eggs. Eating in a salad. If I'm having eggs, I'm having bacon because there is nothing that can go hand in hand There's other nothing. than eggs yeah. and bacon. Yeah, Bread, other butter. Than, do you know what? I really want to see oh. Kevin Bacon holding an egg. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> all right. I think this is the point where we move on to Josh.
2: But also, before we do this, before we move on, a tip for all of those trying to cook halloumi and get rid of like the squeaky sound in it.
1: Don't overcook it.
2: Soak it in water before you cook it. I like the squeaky sound. No, nah, I fucking hate it. it drives me nah, nuts. You don't want it's like getting a cotton halloumi. ball and putting it between your fingers and it's rolling it.
1: Terrible. Oh, it gives me, the fucking halloumi should still be soft in the middle, but have like a nice crunch. Yeah, on crisp. The outside.
2: like you fry it well, good, but soak it in water before you do because the I think it's the the oil. I don't know, if it's oil or whatever it is the um, the brine that is in is water soluble. So you soak it in water, it gets rid of all that, and then you cook it, and it's fucking delicious. Oh god,
1: ah. Ryan, because you're so fucking keen about halloumi the best halloumi you'll have in adelaide mm. is at a little brunch joint called e for ethel on melbourne street go there
2: can you like drop a pin and send it <clears throat> God, drop i mean i
1: just gave you all the fucking <laughs> detail use google i'm not going to remember
2: that shit i am yeah. going to listen back to this no episode. one's going to
0: remember that
1: shit no nah. <laughs> just anyone who listens to the episode anyway move on josh what do you got
0: all right so i'm going to bring it into a bit of meeting australia's family yeah, You're going to list yeah, all our prime different. ministers? Or? No, 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 no. So, a big icon in Australia is Ned
2: Kelly. Good old yeah, Ned. Himself. Who's you talking about something that went up for sale? Pretty Ooh, we're going to
0: get onto that actually. Because when all I thought, meet the family, I thought, oh, guns that you keep in your family, et cetera, et cetera, um, which we've covered. So, I was like, oh, fuck. What else have um, I got? So I got on to meet the family and my mind just started wandering into Australian history Um, and one of our iconic uh, people in Australia um, was Ned Kelly. And obviously he's got the saying, such as life, which he said just before he was hung, his famous last words. Um, So I sort of wanted to dive into that and be like, oh, because I don't know. I didn't know up until this week what firearms Ned used. Hey. Here we go. Yes. What yes. did they use
1: back in the Bushranger days?
0: Fucking weird as shit. I was like, well, okay. Because you think American history, you think, you know, Colts and you think Winchesters and all these things like Remington and things like that, and they have a real big history on it. Now, we don't really have – well, we didn't really have many firearms.
1: Yeah, we, we didn't have the Wild Wild West.
0: Yeah, but we didn't have many manufacturers here. Yeah. So, obviously, we – just imported firearms and sold them. Anyway, this got me down a bit of a rabbit hole with Ned Kelly's firearms that he used in his family. So I want to bring up his first one, so his pistol. Um, And you're right, this comes down to what it sold for, which is pretty much 90% of what you can find on the internet. (laughs) Ned Kelly's pistol sold
2: for this much. Oh, Ned Kelly's, the pistol Ned Kelly had. Used, yeah. Yeah. So
0: his... Pistol was a thirty-eight caliber Colt Navy revolver. Wow. Yeah. Um, so just your normal, like your Colt's very typical. Um, yeah, it's a pretty good looking looking pistol. But the thing that intrigued me that went up for auction a few years ago and brought in a hundred and twenty-two thousand dollars. <laughs> yeah, that shit is nuts.
2: So what, is that is that like a cat revolver? Where there's they had to put in the um, what are those called? like the primer was separate from no, the show.
0: No, no. So that was like well, you got to think what Ned Kelly was. It's like uh, eighteen hundreds, eighteen sixty something. I think. Yes, so I don't know, somewhere around that Victorian era. Um, so he would have been uh, eighteen seventy eight, around there, oh, around yeah. eighteen seventy eight, uh, which I think actually was when he was uh captured. In Euroa, yeah, I he, think. He died in
1: 1880. He was born in
0: 1854. Yeah, so he would have yeah hung in what? 18 what? 80. 1880, yeah. Yeah, yeah so he was hung in 1880. Um, but, like, did you know what revolver he used? And this is a pretty big meet the family of Australian fucking history and you don't know anything about it. And finding information on it is Fucking difficult, because <laughs> yeah. you looked at the report before we started the podcast, and all, I, I put up a YouTube video of it. And the guy that was explaining his brother's pistol yeah. knew fucking nothing about it. He was like, "Yeah, it's a this single is a shot, nice pistol." It's, it's, it's like a
2: fucking flintlock.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was a flintlock. Yeah. <laughs> so, so they like, had a Colt and a flintlock. So his brother had a flintlock. Yes. Yeah.
2: So for those following at home, the the flintlock. Is where there's the hammer, so it's like the old school pirate pirate fucking pistol. Where <laughs> pirate pistol? Oh, it's a pirate pistol, man. Most That's people would appropriate it to that. Yeah, yeah, it's a pirate pistol. So the old old school pirate pistol, where they had the hammer that gets pulled back, and when you and it's got a bit of flint on it, and when you when you pull the trigger, it strikes a, a, a spark that goes into a pan of gunpowder, and that explodes, and then that shoots the. It's like it's like a black powder. Mm. Muzzle loader, essentially. And
0: that was Dan Kelly's pistol, um, that flintlock, um, which, you know, no wonder they didn't stand a chance. I think there was like 300 uh, oh, and the, yeah, the coppers that stormed them. They all yeah. had
2: revolvers and
0: lever actions. Yeah, and yeah, like wow. ridiculous. Uh, actually, this dove into Ned Kelly's life, to be perfectly honest, and his father was a bush ranger, so he, he used, it was an outlaw. He used to hold up, you know, stagecoaches and things like this. And he actually used to use his son when he was like 12 years old. He'd put his son in the middle of the road with two carriages blocking off the road. And so the, the carriage that they wanted to hit would come up, see the son, they'd get out because the son, like Ned, wouldn't say anything and just be sitting there. And the like the stagecoach or whatever they were holding up, the, the guy would get out, walk up to Ned, and his father used to make Ned pull out his gun and shoot him in the face at 12 years old. Fuck yeah,
3: that's pretty brutal. Oh, shit,
0: so, yeah, yeah. So that was like his upbringing, man. And then it was like something so weird. So Ned's wife was his father's ex-wife, or some shit. <laughs> like the it was, dude was fucked was from the was beginning, trippy, man. man. Yeah, dude or was, had no, no hope. his wife may have been. Um, his f- father may have actually. Slept with his wife or something like that. So his son, I mean, either his, way, that's yeah. fuck, more fucked was, up than
1: our origin stories. So. he yeah, yeah, was
0: messed up, <laughs> like real, real messed up. And
2: everyone's like, paint, he's like the fucking a bit of a hero. No, really, he's like an incestuous bastard that just shot people when he was 12 years fucking old.
0: Yeah, yeah, I mean, just weird. I mean, I understand where they were coming from. Like, uh, obviously, it was hard times, like really tough times. There was a fair bit of corruption going on in Victoria. Um, Oh yeah, it was like just after the
2: establishment,
0: man. Like there's, yeah, there was a, very difficult times. It doesn't make it yeah. right, um, but it, look, you know, when a man's pressed up in a corner, what are you going to do to support yeah, your right. family?
1: What else did he use?
0: So this brings on to the next thing, and Ned's favorite rifle, and it was named. So we're not the only hey, people that used to name. What did he their name rifles. his rifle? Betty.
1: <laughs>
2: Betty, get fucked. Betty.
1: Was she black? Black Betty? Yeah, <laughs> straight.
0: So Betty was a .577 caliber Snider Enfield, and five seven seven. Yeah, five seven seven. Massive. Fuck. Fuck. So I this, gun, man. I, I wish we had a, a thing where we could link up to our Instagram page to show photos, but it was a single shot, and it had a hatch that you pulled off the breech, like on the, from the top, that was on a hinge. And you load it around in, and close the breach, and then fired it. Yeah, it's a very, very odd looking, looking gun. Crikey! Yeah, yeah, single shot as well. So I was like, yeah, okay. but you get hit,
2: like you get nicked by one of those things. You fucked. <laughs>
0: yeah, it was a fifty cow, like almost. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. So that's a fair, fair bit of weight behind it, um, but that was Ned's go-to's.
3: Yeah.
1: <laughs> Bloody hell.
0: Yeah. So have you used – do you know much
2: about Ned or what's your – I don't know a great deal about him. Probably
1: not enough really. To be honest, not like enough. there's
2: – there's been many a movie made.
1: Yeah, I've watched the movies. I've, I've never really – I reckon I would have done a project on him back in like primary school. Yeah, but,
2: but that's that's like what year was he born and like – Yeah, there's, all no, that stuff. there's no like diving into the life that he led or the experiences that
1: he had. One of my favourite books I had as a kid was about all the outlaws around the world. So Ned Kelly – Bonnie and Clyde. Billy the Kid. uh, Yeah, all those. Exactly.
2: Yeah, man.
0: (laughs) Did you learn anything from it? Yeah. Really? Apart from how to be a camp mum. (laughs) Oh, fuck off. (laughs) (laughs) But, like, this sort of brought up the topic of – so I personally have um, some rifle – a rifle I'll never never get rid of, and that's my father's father's twenty two. and this has been brought up before – that sort of stayed within the family. Obviously, Ned's family was pretty much like slaughtered. So, but his legacy of well, his materialistic legacy continued on. So, obviously, they've got his body armor that he made, yep. and his rifle um, sitting in a museum in Victoria. Yep. His pistol, obviously, sold to in a private collection
2: um, a few years ago. He's like, like the ultimate underdog. I think that's where that old underdog. My, uh culture comes from with, I was like, there's a, a the Australian culture. Possibly, yeah.
1: Aussies support the underdog.
2: Oh shit. Yeah. Because you know, fuck the man and all that.
1: that Aussie battler.
2: Yeah. There's that, that rebel in us that I, I think that just stems from Ned Kelly. And he's definitely been the fuel to that fire where he's a guy that's idolised now, but when you actually look at who he was and what he did and you put him in any other scenario, other than having a fucking wicked sick last last words and being smart enough to make armour and being the last stand against tyranny, well, it wasn't even the last stand. Like, he did some fucked up shit and then you just had the coppers chase him. <laughs> that's like, if, you, if it was anywhere else, you'd look at him and be like, that's just like a psychopathic criminal.
0: Yeah, but I think it sparked off a way of thinking that changed...
2: Oh yeah, yeah because and then the flip side of that, it, it was like it was like a push against tyranny as well, and that's I think that's what worked in his favour. And, and, and there's
0: very few times Australia has actually pushed against tyranny and things like that. And so as much as it's swept under the rug, because I don't think the powers to be want to um, uh, glorify it, so people get ideas out of fighting tyranny. But uh,
1: I, I'm gonna get a sneeze button. Uh.
0: Yeah. What? No, you're off. You're sneezing here and you sneeze at my place. What?
2: I sneeze everywhere.
0: Do you have the COVID?
2: Probably. Yeah. Do you want it? I can give it to you. <laughs> give us a five second Frenchie. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's at least two weeks off of work.
0: Anyway, like as I job. said, like I have a rifle that I'll never get rid of. Um, and they've certainly changed. Like, Caleb, I presume you'll never get rid of your 308, your tigger Probs not. Probs not. So would you Probst make it not, a legacy? Bruh.
1: Yeah, it's, yeah, no, I probably won't get rid of it. You, no,
0: probably, or do you want to make it? I will never get them? rid of it, Josh. Do you want it in writing? Yes, please. Fuck. Yes, I'd like you sign
1: it. I will not get rid of it. <laughs> yeah, thank you. And that,
2: when you're like 50 years old and you're trying to sell your guns to get a better one and Josh is like,
1: you said right here that you can't. I will pass the it point down. The I fucking point point point. love the thing and it's going to last, so yeah. I will pass it down.
0: The point being is uh, like having something to pass down, whether it's a fancy knife or a rifle, uh, you can start that legacy now. My legacy was started with my grandfather passing down his his twenty two that I just won't, I would never ever sell.
2: Um, and it feels it feels good to start something like that. I think as as a parent, that's
0: what I mean. You can start. You, you yeah. don't have to be the third generation down to start it. You can just start nah. it now.
2: But it, it's like I've got a um. Ooh. for those playing at home that may not know, I am a bit of a cigar fanatic. Um. I've got a humidor that my actually my wife got for me, but my family uh, family crest is going to be engraved in it, and that's going to be what I'm going to hand down to my son, as well as my guns. But it's it's as a as a parent, I think it feels like you're contributing and leaving a legacy and leaving something that will last longer than what you will yeah. with that. Like, that's like the opposite end of it. As someone receiving something that's like a, a, it has that sentimental value that your forefathers have had, you you grab that and you can feel the history behind it. As someone who starts that, it feels really fucking good to be able to have and start something that would be handed down through generations. And you're like, you're starting a fucking thing that could be a hundred years old.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's it. And, you know, in in 100 years old it could be that topic of you sitting around the dinner table with your, you know, new family members or whatever, you know, great-great-great-great-great-grandson and his kids and it's a part of meeting the family. It's like, oh, well, this is who I am. This is uh, my great-great-great-great-great-grandfather's rifle, you
2: know, 100 yeah, years man. time. Yeah, it, and it means something. Like that. that – and it gives you like that's that sense of family, it's that sense yeah. of connection to people as well. Instead of it just being a name or, or, or something that's written down, something.
0: just like Ned Kelly, he 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 basically is is the structure of Australia's family. Man, it's like one of the it's our biggest icon. I everyone everyone any knows any Ned bigger. Kelly. Yeah.
2: It doesn't yeah. matter what generation you are, yeah. you know who Ned Kelly is. Yeah. That's yeah, you know, so I and mean, the word martyr might be a bit more of an appropriate application here, but it's what, you know.
1: I don't think he gave his life for the cause like a martyr, I think.
2: he was. I think he was made a martyr in the sense of he was the underdog that stood against the bigger man. The bigger man got him in the end, but they also turned him into an historic icon.
0: Yeah, but it also changed the way of thinking for an entire nation, I think. Um
2: okay. definitely definitely changed the perspective of being trodden on, like the the guy that was the guy that came and had nothing could push back and make an impact. I think that's like that and everyone who like I mean it's definitely there's a stereotype with it, which is an association with the lower demographic of Australia, where there's the whole such is life and and that association that gets tattooed on people and, they bring that as so a, many tattoos, so many fucking tattoos. Well, the, the Southern Cross, such is <laughs> life, like that, <laughs> that like playing the underdog as. But you have that as a portrayal of being someone who doesn't give up. So I think that is the sense of martyr the symbolism. The symbolism of it, yeah, that's very. That's probably a better way of Thank saying you. it. Yeah, the symbolism, the representation. Simba.
1: Simba. For those playing at home, Josh did the fucking-
2: The little finger across the-, the
1: Swipe the, 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 the gourd the and mud or whatever the fuck is that Rafiki smears across Simba's Rafiki.
0: head. You can remember that. A
2: good gourd. I <laughs> have
1: five-year-olds. I've watched The Lion yeah, King about 20 fucking times. What's the last night? It's my daughter's favourite movie. Uh-huh. And, the,
2: and the new version. Anyway- Which is terrible.
1: Let's move All on. Right. Just just saying, by the way, we're on track for this to be the longest episode yet. So,
2: Oh, jeez, we are. Look at us, talking about
1: family and getting slightly deep. Wow. All right, let's move on. ND. ND. All right, so. Don't fucking pronounce it. I'll press the fucking button, Ah, ND. 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 Negligent discharge. I feel like that Stop talking over it. (laughs) Stop going off in the holster, Josh. (laughs)
2: Fuck. I
0: feel like that was completely ruined. (laughs) Boy. You fucked it. Prefix.
2: That's all. Number one rule, don't fuck it. You broke the rule. <laughs>
0: no, it was
1: fucked. Probably. Ryan, was- bring us around a short, sharp, and Ryan, shiny short, sharp, and
2: fucking shiny Nd. So I uh, recently have sources, uh, very legitimate sources, that have given me a bit of insight into, say, Pol's handling or training or all of the above of the firearms um process, I guess, is a way of putting it. So how it comes about that uh, your name gets put down on a list and then you, you get- you say hang check on, hang that on. That you
1: said the shit. firearms process. The firearms audit process.
2: Firearms audit process. Sorry, I missed a word out there. You did.
1: Firearms
2: audit process, safe hole, negligent discharge is definitely going to them. So- Why? I recently discovered from a very, very legitimate source- A reputable source. A very reputable source that- the police do not get any training in identifying anything about a firearm other than serial number, the safe and how it should be kept and whether or not the person is deemed able to have a firearm and that is it. So if you got a semi-automatic or an automatic, let's, let's just jump the gun there. Let's go <laughs> pun intended. If you get an automatic rifle, and put an extra bolt action rifle, your average police officer will not be able to tell the difference
0: between the I feel the like two. Call of Judy's ruined that. And they'll be like, oh, that's. no nah, man. Thing. Because. So,
1: hang on. So, what if you're saying if a noob police officer comes mm-hmm. to your house to do an audit on your safe? Even a seasoned
2: officer. They look-
1: are just looking for a certain, like what you've just listed there. Mm-hmm. And if they happen to find an illegal firearm mm-hmm. in your safe, and it has the serial number they're looking for on it, yep. and whatever other details, they can't necessarily identify that that is actually an illegal...
2: They could not tell. If you got a 22, like this is your average copper, and I mean, given there'd be shooters, coppers that are shooters as well, but your average copper and the courses that they go through, if you got a automatic 308 and put the serial number of a bolt-action 22 on it, and have the paperwork for that bolt action twenty two, they would not be able to tell the difference between the two, and you would be able to fly through your audit.
0: I'd hope that's not that's not true.
2: They get zero training, really- zero zero firearms training from the from the perspective of being able to identify what is what and what it looks like, what it, how it operates. They just they just don't get that. All they get is serial numbers, uh, safe. Uh, specs. Specs. Specs, say specs like so. If you you should have cameras and whether it's bolted down that sort of thing, and then whether you're fit to own it, that's it. So and even it- then, like the, there's the safety safe checks are supposed to be carried out by all officers, and they've got a list that they have access to, which is associated with uh, it's connected to the firearms branch database. And they're supposed to be carrying out on the down downtime in quotations. They're supposed to be carrying out safe checks quite regularly. Um, I mean, I've never been checked and I've been firearms owner for, I don't know how many years now. Uh, have you been checked, Caleb? No. Have you been checked, Josh? Yeah. How, when? How, and how many years that you, I mean, you've owned firearms once. since you were fucking 12.
0: Yeah. Once. Um, not more. My dad owned them.
2: So once in um, 20 years.
0: but Once. Yeah. And it was actually a little bit embarrassing. Um, so there was a few things. They come in, They said they were going to do their check. That was all cool. Um, We took them to the safe. We opened the safe up. Um, We obviously started pulling out the firearms and they checked the serial numbers and things like that. Um, Towards the end, they actually were like, oh, where's this firearm? Uh, And gave us a serial number. This firearm with this serial number. And then they didn't know what it was, so they had to read off the sheet actually oh, it's a Category B, it's a bolt action, it's a two-two-three or whatever. Um, and I had turned around and I said, look, my father and I, because they did it simultaneously with my father's and my safe because at the, that stage I was living at home. Um, And I'm like, oh, look, me and Dad have sold these rifles um, years and years and years ago through the gun shop as well, uh, a gun shop, I don't know which one, um, and we're like, we we haven't owned them. And they're like, oh, they're still on your record. <laughs> My like, mate, no, we haven't owned them. Um, we ended up actually having to write us that deck saying that we didn't own them and help. send them back to the police, um, and saying that we'd sold them or got rid of them, or whatever, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, and then that was all fine. They were actually very, very good with that. And look, they were polite, they were courteous, um, they were safe, uh, and they were just doing their checks and balances, and that's fine. Um, the thing that stood out to me, though, so there was a younger uh, police officer and an older police officer. Um, turns out the older police officer is a shooter. The younger police officer wasn't. My mum came in and started talking to him, offering him a cup of tea, etc., cetera, et cetera. And my mum was like, oh, so what pistol do you carry? Uh, talking to the young police officer. Yeah. And the young police officer turned around and said, I don't know what it's called. I don't. I don't know what it is. I just know how to shoot it. <laughs> and my mum's turned around and gone. Um, if you're carrying a pistol, and my mum is not a shooter per se. Yeah,
2: but she right? she's been around with, old man with shooting for a very long time.
0: <laughs> yes. Okay. Yeah, but she's not a, a shooter. But she's like she was like. Um, shouldn't that be something that you should know if you? It's a requirement to carry every day. Mm. <laughs> And the older police officer was so embarrassed. You could tell that he was just going to rip into this dude as soon as they <laughs> got into the, the car and drove off. He was so embarrassed, man. And I'm just yeah. like, well, you know, that's kind of a thing. It's like – it's called being a professional, you know, knowing it's part of your You know your, your tools. Yeah. You fucking know
2: your tools. You you should, should be out in he should know everything about it. The same way you should know everything about his pepper spray, everything yeah. about his cuffs, everything about his radio, everything that you carry as a tool – In any industry, in any occupation.
1: Should be the subject matter
2: expert. You should be the expert. It is your profession.
0: Especially if it's something as uh, predominant as a firearm. They should.
2: Oh, shit, yeah. Especially when it's the coppers that make all the fucking rules, for Christ's sake.
0: Police officer, yeah. That's that's a bit bit (laughs) hypocritical. Yeah.
1: It's very fucking hypocritical. Are you being politically correct, yeah. Joshua? Oh, well, you know.
0: no. Nah, look, well, I'm, I for, think, I'm for police officers. Oh, shit, mate. yeah. Um, Fuck, yeah. And they, the, so, the
2: coppers only know what they're taught. And that's this is thing, not a re- This is not a reflection on the police officers all, themselves yeah. no, at all. I'm not bagging
1: SAPOL. What this speaks to is the level of funding and training. That's
0: it. I think yeah. there's, there needs to be some slack uh, and some education, like proper education. Yep. So
1: if you want to uncover people firearm owners who are doing the wrong thing, maybe send some subject matter experts to do the audits. We
0: well, say see, that's the thing. I yeah. don't actually think there are, minus the police officers that shoot in their own time, I don't actually think there are subject matter experts. But you could train um, some. Yeah, that's the thing. They need to be trained. And the reason why I say this is simply because there are a lot of uh, people in the firearms branch who are making law that don't, Comprehend?
2: They don't. They don't know fuck all about firearms. Yeah, that's they, they that's that's literally firearms. it. They know fuck all about firearms well, and making I'm not, the making of laws. I'm not
0: having a go, and I'm not trying to stir the pot or anything like that. There's a bridge that needs to be gapped. Yes, I'm not trying to to uh, say that people aren't doing their job correctly. They're only doing what they're trained to do, Exactly. They don't and know that's their scope. Um,
2: I think. I think what it is is. A incompetence is the word here. And that's not from the police officers. That's from the people that are creating the curriculum in which these officers are being trained and they're the ones is that, that are creating... It's also
0: about budget, man. I think you're no, No, like a oh, you can have, All
2: you need to do is sit an hour and a half course. A, a firearms licence... Requires you to sit a course that gives you enough information to be able to know enough yeah, and identify so you've got to have enough
0: money to have that person to come in and talk you, you, to them and educate them. No, they them.
2: all they need to do is have someone who knows something about something go through the fucking academy. They go to the academy for six fucking months, man. How hard is it? Yeah, well, I, th- we, I think
0: there's more pressing things like knowing law.
2: They spend um, more time on traffic control laws than they do on anything else.
0: Yes, and look, we're not saying that it it certainly needs to be addressed and. Fixed, yes, but I think you'll find that there's a bit of a budget issue.
1: Um, if what you're saying is true, Ryan, and that the task of auditing firearms owners is just something they do as a filler when they've got nothing else to do, then of course they're not going to pour resourcing into… Oh,
2: the, yeah, the dig isn't at resourcing. right? The, the, I understand that. Yeah. The dig is at the fact that you've got people who… Who do not know what they're talking are about not doing being, an audit. They're not being equipped with the right knowledge to be able to do their job properly. That's what the negligent discharge is here. And my massive fucking sticking point here is that you've got the firearms branch and the high-up officers in SAPOL that dictate – well, don't dictate, but they contribute largely a majority opinion, if you will, to the laws of firearms, and these people have no fucking idea what they're talking about.
0: Yeah. Look, it, and once again, it's just an educational thing, and yes, it needs to be.
2: It's a it's a massive problem, and but- this is what most people don't understand. They they have a law that gets passed that is the laws are so hypocritical and contradictory that we have to or, try to abide to now, which we've had heated discussions about. And this this is this is something that gets me worked up because I cannot stand a an application to the general public that comes from someone who knows fuck all about what they they, they are talking about. They
0: can't enforce what they don't know. You are right. How do you expect a police officer to enforce laws about firearms and things like that if they don't know about them? That is the issue. If if you're going to enforce it, you need to be proficient at knowing about it.
2: And they could quite easily outsource audits. Quite easily. Once All again, the, uh, that's a money
0: that, thing yeah, and exactly. that's a budget thing. It, it's, it's yeah, yeah I, get it I get what you're saying.
2: I get what you're saying. I mean, fuck, there would be people within the shooting industry that would volunteer for that shit.
0: No, I don't think they'd volunteer. I think you'd want to be paid for it. Um, no, I think that there would be members then, that,
2: that would volu- volunteer their time. To, they have to
0: have the power to be able to, if well, it's there the same is as an it, indiscretion. It's, it's justice of the peace. Well, to, justice
2: of the peace is a volunteer. And they yeah, sign off and shit all the time. They have to have the power, if there
0: is isn't indiscretion, to be able to act accordingly. Now, whether that's, okay, you've got to come down to the police station. So that means they basically have to have the rights as a police officer. No, it
2: wouldn't be. It'd be a transfer. Uh, It'd be a transfer of power. So they would go through, they'd run through the audit, either pass or you fail. Your fail gets transferred to the police. The police come down, they handle it.
1: Yeah, you see how then, how, then how many top, I mean, then, the vast know, majority of owners really. would be doing the right thing. Exactly oh,
0: right. 100%. But the... <clears> the if, if, you if that transfer of power gives someone time, they can fix that indiscretion and then they can simply turn around and be like, no, I'm fine. This is what it was like.
2: I've adhered
0: to the law. So no, was, you're
1: starting net, to get into a net result role, though. The Net result, though, they've corrected a wrong. Yes. The person who yes, was doing the wrong thing is now doing the right
2: thing. And they've freed that's, up the resources of the police officers to chase the bad guys.
1: Exactly. Yes.
2: yes the the fucking oath, they, it's the way those should go. If they outsource checks then it would be ex- – it's essentially the same principle of what of the piece is. They're not a judge. They're someone who signs off on small shit.
0: Or if, just uh, train them accordingly if they're going to do – I don't even orders. think
2: – that. I think I think safe checks is a waste of fucking time. I don't.
1: you've got to do it, but what you don't want to do is swing too far in the other direction and have some anal-retentive twat come around and be a dick.
2: That is true. I mean, if, if – and you're right, I'd say a vast majority of people – if you've got a registered firearm that the police can track, you're not the likelihood of you being a criminal is very small. The likelihood of you being smart enough to be able to conceal that for an extended period of time is even smaller as a criminal. So I just think that it should be outsourced. Outsource it to people that have the appropriate training. Give it fuck me. The salary and the overtime that coppers get paid, you could have that Cut down by a significant percentage if you outsource, even if you are paying people.
0: No, because it's done in their in their shift,
2: but it's not so done in their no, shift. This is what no we're outcome. talking about. So it's it's done when they're when they're not no, no, busy with something
0: it's else. Done in it's done in, the in their downtime, essentially yes, in, in their, their downtime. downtime. It's still in their so, shift. It's still within their shift. So there is no overtime or anything. And like when that.
2: would that be? That'd be like middle yeah. of the day. So typically, the majority of crime happens at night time, right? So the middle of the day, most people are out. I've never been. Do you have the statistics
1: on that, Ryan?
2: I, I do actually if you want to. Oh post fuck them.
1: off, you don't. Oh, do you, you just do you? have statistics in your brain for every fucking thing. Get out of it. I read a lot. <laughs>
2: so I've 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 not been audited because I'm never home. Not home during the, the typical operating hours of when there would be downtime.
0: Well the audits have to happen within uh certain hours anyway. Um I I can't remember what it is. I didn't know that. They, yeah. They can't rock up to your house at three in the morning, man, and expect you to do a firearms audit.
1: That's,
0: that's fair. Not unless yeah. they have cause no. yeah. to, to be raiding right your house or something like that. But no, you know, if it's like past bedtime, I
2: guess, you know, you're not going to get ordered. Well, that's subjective. <laughs> I don't know. Fuck. It is. It uh, is. It's, uh, it's uh, uh, 7.30, uh, Mr. Officer, officer. It's past my bedtime. You cannot be here. Maybe yes, that speaks it is to why
1: subjective. it just happens in their downtime then because most people would be at work when they rock up. Yeah. Yeah. So like, oh all right, Johnny, let's do chances a firearms order. Oh, they're not home. Oh well, let's go. Yeah, that, chan- that Chances really are they
0: probably know. knocked on your door, man, and you haven't been home. And yeah. they've been they've just had to go. But chances that's happened. I have a camera on my doorbell.
2: It's cause you're a weirdo. Yeah, you got a camera in other places, don't you?
1: I look at the recordings of you late at night. It's going in
0: the toilet bowl that looks up.
2: <laughs> it's, 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 a, it's a shit cam. I'm constantly having to clean it's the like blood a- off it every time <laughs> I use it. It's, it's a floater that never flushes.
0: Oh, dear. All right, that's enough of our waffle. We've We've
1: waffled. Yeah. This is the record, the world record, send it, mate, waffle. Yeah, yeah man.
2: We're, we're breaking records here. <sighs> right.
1: All right, What have we got next week, Caleb? We have the topic, life or death. Ooh. That has the potential to get morbid. It has the potential to be...
2: Fucking rainbows and lollipops, sunshine.
1: Lollipops indeed. Mm. I think we
0: need to bring this back to hunting because, God, it's getting real, real weird. Oh, uh, that was more relevant. More of a, more of a serious episode, man.
1: We're allowed to get deep, Josh. Are you scared of getting deep and emotional and personal?
0: I don't mind getting deep, but I just like not with you boys.
2: deep in the box. Ball's deep. Ball's deep.
1: <laughs> all <laughs> right, ladies Balls and gentlemen, deep. I'll wrap this up. Thanks for listening. Once again, we've been Send It Mate Podcast. I'm Caleb.
2: I'm Josh. And I'm Ryan.
1: And that is our exit.
2: Peace out, motherfuckers.
1: Thank you Catch for listening. Catch you later. Catch you. Thanks for listening.
2: Hit us up, Send It Mate Podcast, Instagram, on Spotify. Do it.
1: Join us next week for Life or Death. I have to take a piss. <laughs> <laughs>
0: G'day dude and dudettes, Josh here. Do you find it hard to keep your long hard barrels free from gun STDs? Maybe you need a clean out of your bore. If this is you, jump on over to highcaliber.com.au and use the promo code SENDITMATE to receive a 10% discount on all your gun cleaning needs. And remember, it's sexy to support Australian made products. Everyone here at Senate, mate, uses high calibre, and we can promise you that it'll keep your firearms free from those pesky gun STDs.